Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. If this is your first time listening to Conversations with Toy, welcome. I hope that you find this space to be welcoming, safe. I hope you understand that we're going to talk about mental health, self-care, life, and anything that happens on these internet streets that I feel we need to talk about, especially when it talks about our mental health and self-care. I want to just go over a couple of things. We are going to talk very heavily. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to give a trigger warning only because we're going to be talking about um, things like sexual assault and things. And of course, if you've been living on the rock, you've heard about the Diddy and Cassie uh, lawsuit. So we're going to talk about that. So that's why I'm giving a trigger warning. We're not going to go into all of the intricate details too much, but I do want to talk about that. Obviously, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. It is the Friday after Thanksgiving. How have y'all survived? How are y'all surviving? Let's talk about that first. How did you survive your Thanksgiving? Now, listen, not everybody has horrible holidays and not everybody has this whole, how did you survive situation? Like some people genuinely have amazing Thanksgivings, amazing holidays in general. But a lot more of us, and I say us because I've had times when Thanksgivings and Christmas have been like iffy, but a lot of people don't have these cookie cutter relationships with family and friends. And oftentimes when the holiday comes, it's a source of stress because it's like, who am I going to be spending holidays with? And if I spend holidays with them, how is it going to go down? Because so-and-so may not be the best. They are, you know, problematic. They say things that are, you know, ridiculous. And I want to talk about that. So many people can relate to when I say to things like that. They can relate because they understand, right? They know how people act when they're around extended family and friends. Like, it's crazy to me how people act. And it's like, why are you like this, right? So before the Thanksgiving break, I gave some rules, but good 10 rules that people should follow. And I'm going to go through these rules real quick. They're on my personal Facebook. So most of y'all don't have access to it. But the first rule was don't ask anybody about when they're having kids. Mind your uterus. You barely raising the ones you got worrying about somebody else because it's always somebody telling somebody like it's somebody just got married or they're older. And they're like, when are you going to have kids? When are y'all going to settle down? When are you going to have kids? You can't take care of the ones you got. You can't. And you worrying about somebody else. Go have several seats. Um, If you can't cook, don't cook. Grab some juices and sodas or bring a bottle. You know, everybody is not gifted in the kitchen. We we understand that. Uh, Leave the political debates at your house. Half of y'all all of a sudden become analysts and haven't even voted lately. That's true. Oftentimes, political debates should bring, you know, somebody said bring them out so we can figure out who the ones, you know, that we should stop talking to. You already know who they are. So we don't need to bring it out. Y'all bringing out these political debates and having all these hoorahs and you ain't even registered to vote. And then if you register to vote, you don't feel like going down to vote because you feel like it's a waste of time. Just leave it at home. Stop back and asking somebody when they're going to get married. Marriages ain't for everyone and yours is a puff of smoke away from trash city. I meant every word of that. I'm not taking none of this stuff back I said on my list. Because everybody's like, oh, you've been with so-and-so. This is your second Thanksgiving. How come y'all not married? Everybody's in-game ain't marriage. Um, not only that, 
some people want to make sure they're established and get certain things together. And I get it. Don't, you know, why would you uh, ask the cow and you get the milk for free? I get all that. But nine times out of 10, you sitting over there, you got married and you feel so justified because you got married and you did the quote unquote right thing. Was it really right? Was it really right? Okay, let's keep moving. Don't start nothing and use your title to back me off of you. I'm grown and clear you and your title to the Atlantic Ocean. Again, I don't take nothing back. I meant everything I said. And what I where does that stem from? So I've had family members who will sit there. I'm your aunt. I'm your cousin. I'm your grandparent. I'm your and you, you wasn't worried about them titles when you was talking reckless. And you know what's beautiful? I've seen like my great grandmother just be a beautiful person. Like I, I've never, I have, I have personally never seen her do anything that was shady. I've never seen her have sliver comments. I'm not saying she never had them. I'm saying I've never seen them because that's how you're supposed to treat people when they come around. You're supposed to give them hugs and love, pray with them, pray on them, love them, feed them, bring them in, treat them well. Not some of y'all. Some of y'all just habitual line steppers. Okay. Don't show up empty handed, bring in a bottle or bring a bottle or hostess gift with your broke ass. Yes. Um, listen, groceries are high. Groceries are real high at this point. You can spend $60 and get two items, three items. So you come into somebody's house eating up all their good food for premium meals. You want premium macaroni and cheese, but you don't want to bring your premium a bottle, at least a bottle. My God, think about how much groceries cost. I went to the grocery store on my own to get stuff that my husband did not get. I spent $75 at one store. I spent another 20 at another one, another 30 at something else. He had done the bulk of the grocery shopping. When you combine all of those things, we spent at least three, four, $500. You showing up with nothing in your hand, ma'am, not, not going to work. Okay. Don't group text anybody. You ain't already had a group text relationship because it will be ignored. I got a few text messages. I I have not responded because I'm not going to, we don't normally do no group text and we're not going to start today. I can't stand that just because you were being lazy and didn't want to send somebody individual message. And listen, honestly, I feel like this. Sometimes if you're not already in a group text and you're sending out a group message on Thanksgiving day, all of a sudden it's because you just want to go on record that you sent the message, not because you truly cared about it. Okay. I just want to say that. Number eight, don't put your hand in their pot. We will let your greedy self know when it's time to eat. Listen, I used to grow up with a family members who would just put their hands in their pot. They testing everything. You ain't a cook. You ain't cooked nothing in a month of Sundays. We don't need you to FDA everything. We got this. Stay, stay over there and wait till it's time to eat. All right. Number nine, taking a plate is one per person, not two or more for you to eat off all weeks because grocery is high for all of us. I literally cannot stand me spending five, $600 on groceries, you taking two, three plates because you trying to make sure you can eat for the rest of the week. I'm not here to feed you for the week. You came for Thanksgiving dinner. You had dinner. You came for dinner. Eat that. Take a plate. Eat on that later on. Eat that for breakfast in the morning. But you're not here to get your groceries filled out of my house. Not going to happen. And number 10, if you do bring a bottle, stop being cheap and wanting to eat premium food. Step your wine selection game up. If it comes with a twist off cap, you've already failed. Listen, there's a lot of people that claim they're wine drinkers. You are not. And let me, I hate to burst your bubble. You are not an avid wine drinker. You are a cupcake wine, dessert wine. You like Moscato. You like those sweet wines because you're not a real wine drinker. Your palate has to get increased when you, you're getting older now. You shouldn't still be drinking wines that, you know, some little teeny bop that snuck in and got some friend of their friend to go buy them a, a, a bottle of wine. Like, step your game up. You should not be over 30 years old still twisting bottles off of a twist-off cap. Like, I'm not telling you can't like them. 
I, you may have a little cheap bottle in your house that you just be like, look, I don't care what they say. I'm gonna drink this bottle. It's my favorite. Okay, cool. Don't take that cheap bottle to somebody's house that has already supplied the food and you're just supposed to bring a bottle. Bring a bottle because whatever bottle you bring, it's going to be left at the hostess house. Let me break that down to you. You are not taking your bottle back just because somebody didn't open it. When you bring a bottle, that bottle is expected to be left at the home of which the bottle was brought. If you are going to be the type that's going to take a bottle, bring a bottle just so you had it, and then you hope nobody opens it just for you to take that bottle home, please don't step at my front door because I promise you I'm going to embarrass you. Not even maliciously. Like, I'm not going to like call you out, like make you hurt your feelings or anything. But why did you bring a bottle in hopes that I wouldn't ask to drink it just so you could take it home? Like, what the hell? Like, who raised about 50% of y'all? This is crazy to me. So those are my Thanksgiving rules. I will have some Christmas ones and I'm going to post those Christmas ones way before Christmas so we can be on the same on the same page. The reason for the list, where do you think these things came from? Let's see, experience, right? Experience. I've experienced where people have done these things. I've seen it. It's been done. I've seen it done and it's ridiculous. One of the things that I didn't post that I could have had as number one is the weight. So if you're still hanging out with family right now and you're still hanging out with your friends and you're just taking a break to listen to a good podcast, first of all, thank you for tuning in. But number two, stop talking about folks' weight. I legitimately cannot stand it. One of my good friends said, you don't start off a conversation like, hi, and you start going right into their weight. What the hell is wrong with y'all? Like, first of all, even if somebody is allegedly in your eyes overweight, you don't think they can see themselves? You don't think they see themselves in the mirror every day. You have no idea what their struggle is. And the first chance you get, you want to call something that they can clearly see. Do you think they're Stevie Wonder blind? That they didn't know that they were a little bit heavier than they were? You don't think they didn't notice that? And what's amazing to me is that half the people be overweight themselves, got the audacity, audacity be on sale or free at this point that y'all sit on these things and you got the audacity to call somebody else out for something you already struggling with. I'm, I'm confusion. How do you part your lips like the Red Sea to call somebody else out about their weight when you on the struggle bus yourself, you driving the bus? I'm confusion. Please help me. And this happens all the time. Hey girl, you sure got big. Excuse me. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, sir. Uncle, sir. Uncle, ma'am. Yeah, uncle, ma'am, because some of them is uncle, ma'ams. But at the end of the day, are you are you insane? Girl, you sure ain't small like you used to be. And neither is your left arm. And you ain't been small since you was a baby. Excuse me? Excuse me, grandma? I'm sorry? I have a family member that literally, I don't even see this family member on a basis, but she'll ask she will ask every single time, is so-and-so still big? Ma'am, 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 you still big, huh? Confusion, please enlighten me because I'm confusion right now. Please don't do it. People are already uh, fighting insecurities. People are already struggling with what they look like. Everybody is not strong enough to receive it and be okay with it. Some people literally are on the struggle bus and for you to point that out, for you to go out of your way, for you to say these things, just to be malicious, to be, let's keep it 100. You ain't saying it because you want to, I just want to encourage them to be bigger, to be smaller. You ain't encouraged yourself to be smaller. You still struggling with whatever you got going on. I am the first person, like I, my filter at 
40 something years old ain't there so i'm telling you right now i might even give you the courtesy of giving you common decency and respect to just leave the premise am i leaving because i'm running because i can't handle it nah Nah, not at all. A lot of times I walk out and leave a, a place out of somebody says something disrespectful because I know that my mouth is a cannon. And I feel like people are really taken back by that. Let's talk about that. I grew up where my parents had 1000% control over the things I wore, said, and could do. However, because I'm an extremely vocal person, like extreme, like if somebody's doing something and I'm not liking it, I'm gonna let you know. I've always been like that. A lot of people, because they saw me in like church and they have this idea of what they saw, like I had to be like, you know, I was, well, I didn't have to be, but I was a straight A student, you know, a seemingly a goody two shoe, even though I really wasn't. And, you know, played by the rules, you know, allegedly. But in the, in my real life, I was the talk back person. I probably got slapped a lot because I was always talking about, I ain't even got to say probably I got slapped a lot because my mouth was reckless. I wouldn't talk back. I would say whatever. And I wasn't a disrespectful kid. It was just the fact that if I didn't agree with something, I felt the need to talk about it. So it's no, no secret that I would be a podcaster because I talk about stuff. In the midst of that, I don't know where people got off and they see me boxed me into this, this look, this thought process of what they think that I am, man, I will clear you all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. So if I leave your presence after you said something reckless, please understand it's not because I can't throw hands. Please understand it's not because I can't take you. Please understand that it's not because whatever. It's because I'm giving common courtesy. If I'm in somebody else's home, I'm going to leave to save the situation because I will sit there and ruin the whole Thanksgiving dinner. Ain't nobody going to be having a good time once I'm done because when I let go, I'm letting go on anything moving. I know me like you've got to learn to know you. So if I walk away from a situation, it ain't because I can't handle me. It's because I know what's going to come next. I've had this happen. I went to a family member's house a couple years ago. This family member said something about my kids being black. I lied to you. Not I remember it as clear as day. I looked at my husband and said, let's go. Everybody that was in an earshot that heard it was like, oh, don't be like that. You know how so-and-so is. I give no dams about how so-and-so is. Y'all allow so-and-so to do what you want to do. You allow so-and-so to speak the way they want to speak to you. I don't have to allow so-and-so. And why would I allow my children to be in a company of somebody who opened up their lips and parted them like the Red Sea to spew hate about children and their color? Because we live in a society where it ain't just white folks being discriminatory. We got black folks and family members who decide to be colorists, colorism. And so when you decide to do that in the presence of my kids and make them feel less, or even if they never even heard you, just the fact that my kids was in earshot and you decided to be reckless, it's time for me to go. Because one thing I don't play with is my kids. I don't play with stuff just on a regular basis. I'm not even one. I don't even like playing a lot of board games. Like I'm not the one. But when I tell you, you will see another monster come out of me, disrespect one of my kids. I'm going to, I, I, let me tell you something. I don't shoot a lot of things, but I'm going to tell you right now. I can tell you right now, I got bail money. So I'm telling you, I don't take, I don't play no games. So I will leave. And I did. A couple years ago, I got up, took my kids, and it's been Neverland. I've not been back maybe for one more holiday after that, and not even at that house. So I promise you. I'm not just saying stuff like I promise you I'm not just getting world worked up for this podcast. I promise you what I'm saying is true. I will leave to prevent my reckless mouth from clearing a room.
Okay. So these are the 10 rules that I suggested for Thanksgiving because people are a mess. Why do we need these types of rules? Why do we have so many people going on TikTok talking about their horror stories of family members being disrespectful? Because the family members are reckless and out of control. Just because you are an aunt, an older cousin, an uncle, a grandparent does not give you the, the green light to just say what you want to say without repercussions. I think because we all were taught to respect our elders, right? We're taught to respect our elders, right? I believe in that. I don't come off disrespectful to anyone off the bat. A lot of times it's earned. And so off the bat, my parents did teach me to be respectful, but I also have a set of parents, the same set of parents that also taught me how to speak up for myself. So when the two combine, it's like Captain Planet, I will conquer earth. I'm not here to play games. I will be, disre- I will be respectful to you from the gate. The second you be disrespectful from me, I might eat that first, that might, I might baby, so- baby step might eat that first comment by second comment. I'm going to have to leave because by third it's already done. Whatever we was talking about, whatever we were doing, I promise you it's going to be over and done with because I'm not going to sit there and just be liable. I'm not going to do it. I just, I am, I am not going to do it. Sorry. I should, maybe I could, but I won't. Right. So that is what I mean by just being people being the most. When it comes to the holidays. So when I say to you, have you survived the holidays? Have you survived the foolishness that comes along when everybody wanted to know what you're doing with you, who's sleeping in your bed? When everybody wants to know how you're eating and how much weight you're taking on, or how much weight or you lost too much weight. Like if you ever worked out and you start to get your body together, it takes a while for your body to regulate where you're going to be. So sometimes you may lose weight and make it look come off a little quicker. And so then you start to gain it a little bit and then you get settled into what you're going to be. Here come the people. You sick? If I was, why would you ask me like that? Why would you even ask me like that? (sighs) People don't have no decorum. None whatsoever. And so since they don't have no decorum, I don't plan to have none either. So I hope that you survived for those who are in situations where they have to survive the holidays. I am now at this point at 42 years old. I am at the point now. I'm not surviving nobody's holiday. When I tell you I will get up and take my entire family and anything I cooked and everything that I have brought outside of leaving gifts or something for children and I will leave, I promise you I will. Like I'm not just saying that. This ain't no wolf tickets. My mom used to say people sell wolf tickets because they would be the ones that would say a bunch of stuff but then when it came down to the rubber meat in the road, they would never meet. No, I'm the one that's going to meet. If you say something that's disrespectful, put your hands on my kids, grip my kids up. I had a family member that tried to grip my kids up. It, it was the last time that they probably even ever seen them. I promise you, they don't even have, if they see anything, it's because they see it on the blog, because there are some pictures that I will post on the blog for certain reasons. That's about the way they see them. Some people in my family ain't never, ain't going to probably, I ain't going to say never because my kids will eventually get older. They may run into them. I don't know. But as far as I can control, you won't have access to them. That's just where I'm at with it. Why are you being like that? Why should I not? Why should I continuously put me or my family in harm's way just for the sake of family? That's exactly what I meant by the title. People will use their titles every single time. I'm your so-and-so, insert whatever family member title they like to use as justification as to why they can be that way. Well, you know, I don't be meaning that. I don't mean it like that. Then don't say it like that. See, you got to say what you mean and then mean what you say. See, we got grown folks that ain't really walking in their grownness. They want to say certain things, act a certain way, and then 
Bam. All of a sudden, you're supposed to just give them passes. Child, only passes is given out is at Hershey Park or something when you pay for it. I'm not giving out no passes. What this look like? So for those who have survived their Thanksgiving, I hope you came out intact. I hope you get to the strength where you start learning how to do some things on your own or finding your own, find your own network of people. I am finding it so beautiful that people who have no contact, if you've never heard what no contact means, it means exactly what it says. It's that you have decided to have no contact with family or friends who are disrespectful. You no longer entertain their foolishness. You no longer allow them in your circle. And so when you go no contact, that's exactly what you do. You go no contact. In the midst of going no contact, it can be a beautiful thing, but it also can be a situation where you feel like you're isolated. You can feel sad about it. Like, you know, you're doing it for the good reason. Like you're doing it because it was earned. People acted the way they acted. You know that it's necessary for your own mental health and your own self-care. Because why should I be okay? Why would you be okay with me coming around? And then I got to leave, go home. Some people go home and they're crying because somebody disrespected them or said something that was ill will or just mean spirited. What? In the year of 2023? On Al Green's, what? Why in the actual world would I sit there and eat, just to eat a turkey leg? I'm going to endure being made fun of because y'all thought it was funny? My my mental health has to take a, a back seat because you want to be a jokester of the family but can't hold no joke, can't hold when your turn and your turn come up for you to get got, you can't hold your own? Not, 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 no, no, not at 42 years old, I'm not doing it. For those who had beautiful Thanksgivings like I had, I hope it continues to be beautiful. I hope your Christmas, when it comes to Christmas, is as beautiful as your Thanksgiving. Because let me tell you, not everybody's holiday has to be horrible. I have the most peace with the folks that I live with every single day. We sat at the table as a family, ate our dinner, laughed and joked together, had real fun, ate, took our naps. I drank my wine. My husband drank his wine. And it didn't come with a twist off cap, praise be. And we had a great time. Dinner was bomb. Dinner was bomb. I had some vegan options. I had some regular non-vegan options. I had the traditional Thanksgiving food. And we ate good. We ate good. We laughed good. We just had a time. And that's what Thanksgiving you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have a good time. So I hope that you all had a good time. And if you didn't, I hope you're making steps to get stronger in the ability to either speak up for yourself or leave a situation or don't even walk yourself into a situation where you already know it's going to be bad. Okay, but let's go ahead and switch gears and go right into this Diddy and Cassie thing. First of all, I'm confusion as well. I'm always in confusion because some of y'all do some things, say some things that don't make no sense. Cassie was 19 years old when she met Diddy. 19 years old. Most 19-year-olds are still figuring themselves out because that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're turning 18 just means you're legal to be a legal 18-year-old. You're a legal adult doesn't mean that you're grown, right? And at 18, I remember me going to Penn State and learning, starting the process of learning myself. Now, when I was younger, my church family, my church was always considered a cult, right? And... I used to think, of course, because when you're in it, you don't think like it's bad or anything's wrong with it. So you don't question anything. Well, I used to always question things and I used to always be verbal about things that just did not make sense. When people start to catch the revelation was when my pastor at the time, he had tried to quietly divorce his wife, but she was like in a, in a, in, um, she had mental health issues. We've all known that. But another part of that was 
we would see her like going to like the, the rescue mission, which is where homeless people would go when they didn't have a place to go. Right now, whether she left on her own or he put her out, we will never know. Like it's none of my business. But I say that to say is that I didn't start to feel and realize that the things that I was feeling and seeing that were not right, were not right. And so I started seeing that. And then later on, he went and he remarried this uh, woman in our church. And that's when everybody's light came on. Cause it was like things that he would tell us as young kids, like when we were quote unquote calling ourselves dating or liking kids that we like, cause you know, you grow up and you start to have feelings for the opposite sex because it's a normal thing. But we were made to feel as if it wasn't. We were told that we were supposed to be visible. Like when you go on dates, you either go on group dates, you don't go where you're one-on-one with somebody, you don't do certain things. And he was breaking every rule, quote unquote, that he was giving us as a grown person and doing what he decided he wanted to do. But as a pastor, you can't preach one thing and then do another thing. Now, where his soul lies at right now, since he's no longer here on this earth, is none of my business. Like I care if not. Well, I will say is that the standard that he left with when he passed was not a good one. He left people broken because of the years that folks had given, right? And so I say all that to premise the fact that when I went to Penn State, I started the process like most young people of trying to figure out who they were. And mine was a little heavier because I was still trying to figure out how to please my family, my parents, how to please the church institution that I was in and how to be myself. And they were never connecting. Like I couldn't do it all. But I was attempting to do it. So at home, I, I mean, at school, I was one way. And then I would go to church and I would be a different way. And then at home, I would have to be a different way. And I hated it. I hated it. And my parents for years, and this is no disrespect to them. I'm sure they listen to this podcast or they don't. I mean, it's not it's here nor there. Or somebody's going to tell them. I don't care. But I used to hear my parents say like, oh, we put you to school. We took you up there. We paid for you to go to school. And for years, I would. Look, for years, I was I, I went to therapy and my therapist, we were talking about certain things. And my therapist was like, well, how much money did they pay for school? And I was like, wait a minute, hold up, hold on, let me calculate, take, you know, take the decimal, move it this way. They did not pay for my school. My parents actually did not pay, not $1 towards my school. Now, it's not to say that they, were, they didn't pay because they were bad parents. They didn't pay because I had a scholarship. And I earned that scholarship from my hard work. But my parents were telling me, like, we pay for you to go to school, so you got to do A, B, and C, and D. And I, for years, do you understand me? If my Penn State friends who listen to this podcast, they will be a witness. For years, I would be like, well, my parents said I couldn't do because they paid for school and I got an A, B, C. As a 19-year-old person. So don't tell me things that why Cassie, at 19 years old, couldn't be super influenced by this person who has all of this power. When I, at 19, was struggling to have influence over the life that I could create and could do what I wanted to do because nobody was financing it. If I dropped out of school, nobody was financing it. And at one point I ended up losing my scholarship because I was in a car accident and my grades had to go, like my grades were slipping because I was, I had a major, I had dislocated my shoulder, had to have surgery. I had to go through all this stuff. When it came back time for me to go back and turn around and work my butt off, I had to work three jobs. I worked three jobs, no lie. And all my Penn State family can hear it. My husband, we met at Penn State. He can definitely be the confirmation. I worked three jobs. My parents didn't. I didn't call home and tell my parents nothing. I didn't ask them to pay for anything. And still, I lived underneath this thought process. They paid for school and they did not. So when I say all that to say this, could Cassie be under the rule of allowing somebody to dictate how she moves? And people are like, oh my gosh, she was grown. She was a participator. Yeah, she wanted a career. She was doing what she thought was best for her career. And then at some point, by the time you start pumping somebody with drugs, 
you must not some of y'all must not have grew up around people who were on drugs like it's it's evident when people are messed up on drugs once they start it ain't something you just stop like he'd already been pumping her with major drugs allegedly according to the lawsuit i'm talking about major drugs and some of these drugs at the same damn time it's evident that you only smoked a little weed and so you don't know nothing about no drugs. And that's great for you. I, I, I love that for you. But for the rest of y'all who need to have a lesson, when you start to pump your body with drugs, your body becomes dependent upon it. So her having this drug habit that she even says in the lawsuit, she still struggles with and has been clean when she was pregnant only. Hello, people. Hello. She was on drugs for a large majority of her young adulthood. Then he was beating her allegedly according to the law to the lawsuit. This is a 30 page lawsuit dictating all the ins and outs that she endured. And y'all sitting up there saying, well, she only did it for a money grab. What was she supposed to do? Hold up the bloodstained banner for the community of people so y'all can feel justified so she can take down Diddy. Do you know how many powers that be that surround him? How much money he has? The whole situation with Kim Porter, it's alleged that he even moved the corner from the first corner who said it was homicide. And that corner, FYI, is dead, FYI. Just want to put that out there. Everybody that Diddy touches, anything that comes that has anything to do with his name, allegedly ends up dying. So this first uh, corner is now dead. They have a new corner that you can't even say whether or not he was paid off or not, says that, oh, she died from a pneumonia. And y'all sit over there questioning why Cassidy, uh, Cassie decided to get her money and start to heal. Y'all need to stop. I, I know the people who talk the most could not have read that 30 pages. The people who are chirping the loudest could not have read the 30 same pages I've read. If you read the same 30 pages I read, she needs to get that money and begin her healing process so she can be a decent mother and a wife. So she can live with her, her these years in some peace. And if that also means coming with some money, then God bless her as well. Because all the stuff that he put her through, she should wipe him bankrupt at this point. But see, that comes from people not believing women. There were men that were mentioned in the story who had validated the things that she said and y'all still question it. Y'all still question it because something's wrong with you because you're just raggedy. It's just there ain't even no other way to get around that. You have to be a raggedy individual to read 30 pages of the hell that she went through and your, your answer to that is, well, she only wanted a money grab. Ma'am, she needs to be made whole. I can imagine the the time she has to go and get her mind together. She was beat. Some, some of that stuff had to be having some permanent damage. He literally cracked her in her head child you got to go back and read them 30 pages and then you got to learn how to put the shut up to your spirit because some of y'all just talking to talk you got to read the 30 pages then come with some type of intellectual uh, response because listen whether he settled quickly or not he didn't want to have to her to go on on um on stand and have to talk about those because they would have to then deposition everybody that she would then have to bring to the table to say whatever happened. Do you know how much more could have come out from this if he did not settle? And he's over talking about, I'm still standing. He is a narcissist. Okay. And some of y'all deal with your own level of narcissism and you sit up there and you question that uh, Cassie. Y'all question that Cassie and your husband is a narcissist right now and talks reckless to you on a regular basis and mistreats you all kinds of ways, but you have the audacity to formulate your lips to talk about Cassie. Listen, sis, I'm glad she got her money. What I do hope is that she has protection because if you think that this is set and over with, if you think this is just a, a, a over and done, I don't. 
I think Diddy is diabolical. I think he is uh, a devil. I think that everything that everybody's been saying about him is true. And let me tell you something. My mama her, can be a lot. And I, and, I mean, and I don't mean anything good or bad. I'm telling you that you can say what you want to say about my mama. But one thing she always said is that not everybody is telling the same lie. There have been way too many people who have come and said all kinds of things about the things that Diddy has done. You think that these everybody came together and had a, a meeting about how they're going to lie on Diddy? Diddy is a terror, just like the man that he is. He is a terror. This ain't the first time we've heard stuff about him, okay? So stop playing and stop victim shaming and telling her about how she took the money. Some of y'all need to get paid for some of the stuff that y'all went through. And let me just say this, especially for our men that's listening, lean in, come on. Put your ear to your phone, lean into your car a little bit. Some of y'all, the statute of limitations ain't far that far out for some of y'all who've done some of the stuff that y'all have done to some of the women in your life. So instead of you chirping about stuff, I would sit there and eat my rice and be quiet. Okay. I need you to lean in one more time. I'm going to say it for the slow in the back. Some of you men that have been on these internets talking reckless about the statute of limitations, the statute of limitations ain't as clear and ain't off the table for you. So while you sitting over there chirping about Diddy, please make sure your anchor hold because you ain't too far from getting got yourself. Cause half the men that be chirping be the same ones who have sexually assaulted, done something to some other woman in their life. And you sitting over there talking mighty loud for somebody who ain't gotten their lawyer or a coin to defend yourself. I just want to point that out. It's always the broke ones that talk the loudest. It's always the broke ones that talk the loudest. So for all the men who are little quiet, diddy, you know, he ain't do that. She just came from, you know, and she took too long. I don't care how long she took. It don't change the events, right? And some of y'all talking the most and you got women right now that's itching to sue your behind, whether criminally or civilly. I just want to point that out. I just want to point that out. So Diddy has gone crazy because he's always been, and I'm not shocked about the things they say about him and Biggie in that whole situation. I'm not, and I, I honestly am not holding my breath that he didn't do it. Whatever they say Diddy did at this point, he did period. And young Miami, God bless her. Whatever happens between him and her is between them because now she has an out. She understands she has children and hopefully that there's nothing going on because you know, People don't just all of a sudden turn and stop what they're doing. Okay. So we need to knock this off, blaming Cassie for anything that Diddy did. All right. Now going forward for the weekend, a lot of us are off work and our kids are off or you have family members that are off. Go visit some people, go visit a couple of folks, go call a couple of people that you have not talked to in a while. And if you're able to, and what do I mean that by that? Not physically. But some people have emotional scars for people that they just don't want to have conversations with. That's why the no contact thing exists. Don't call those folks, especially if you're not ready, right? It took a lot of therapy for a lot of years. And you know what's interesting about my my therapy journey? I started talking about my therapy journey, but the reality was there's been times when I've been in therapy and I didn't have a conversation with anybody outside of my husband who obviously knew because I live with him, right? He knew I was in therapy when I was in it. But some people in my inner circle, my parents, my friends probably didn't know like, oh, she's actively in therapy right now. Nobody knew because it was my personal journey. When I got past certain points and thought there are things that I wanted to discuss, I talked about it. And when I feel like there were times when I want to discuss things with people who have hurt me, I will talk about it with them. People have always said, well, you know, I've heard you say little things like here and there about certain people who have hurt you. You know, have you had a conversation with them? 
I have with certain people. I have when I felt that I was ready, right? Because there's no sense of me having a conversation with somebody when I'm not ready to set me back even further, right? And if there is a trigger and I feel like I'm not strong enough to handle that trigger, I'm going to keep on being in my therapy sessions and figure out what it is. There may be conversations that I won't have with anybody because with certain people, because I already know that it won't bring anything about it, right? I know that people are set on believing the stories that they've told themselves about certain things that have happened. And so they're taking accountability doesn't exist. I'm not having conversations with people who I feel like I don't feel like it's going to be cleansing for me because if I have a conversation with somebody and they're going to dismiss it, which nine times out of 10, that's what basically boils down to people dismiss things that happen. I don't feel like it's necessary that I won't have the conversation. It's just simple as that, right? Um, Having therapy, having your mental health under control, doing the things that work best for you is about you. It's the one time when you can be selfish when you're talking about how do you take care of yourself? How do I show up at the family dinner when I'm sitting next to an uncle who completely molested me? Like these are real life situations that people are going through. And you, some people, I find it interesting. I find it interesting. So there are people who are in your own family who are more concerned with the outlook of what's happening than the actual situation that happened. For instance, They have family members that they know have been doing things to people and they know that these things have happened and they put them underneath the rug. They don't want to talk about it, but will have more anger with the person who decided that they were no longer accepting that behavior, who decided that they were going to remove themselves from the situation and not come around. And there are people who are more mad at them who have taken their self-care and their mental health as a priority more than the people who have violated You're more concerned with the person that's violated than the people that are the violator. I'm confused, but I'm not because people are so raggedy. I just hate to keep saying that about folks, but people are really legitimately raggedy in these streets. Again, whether your holiday was good, which I pray it was, if your holiday was bad, what made it bad? Was it the people that you were around? Was it some unhealed parts of yourself? Because sometimes we die, we put ourselves, we don't see the things that we're doing. And so we focus on what somebody else does and we don't focus on what we have done in the situation. I had to take a step back, even through my therapy to say, okay, you know what? I contributed to A, B, and C happening. I could have handled that better. I said what I said, meant it, but then this was the outcome of that. And I have to accept that, right? There are some members that because of things that even I have said, who have, if they would have decided that they didn't want to have anything to do with me, I would have peace with that. Because I have to uh, I have to take accountability for the things that I've said. I have to take accountability for the things that I've done. So don't hear me just talk about what people, 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 and don't think that I'm not taking personal accountability because I 100% had to look at me first. When my marriage was at the most roughest point, instead of me pointing out to what my husband, what I thought he was supposed to have done, what I started to do, what my therapist did was like work on you because especially in a marriage, marriage is like a mirror. So what I was seeing, what he wasn't doing, was there parts of me that wasn't doing it, that we ain't dismissing things that were wrong, right? We're not dismissing things that were said that shouldn't have been said, but I still had to take a leap on my look at myself to say, what parts am I, what am I doing? Like what, what's happening right here? And when I learned to start looking in, it helped me to see people on the lookout, not to give them a pass, but to see it for the full picture. Because when you come into therapy, when you first start therapy, if you've never started, I'm going to give you some tips. If you've never started therapy before, you come in the, in the room hurt, wounded, and angry. So a lot of times you're worrying, you're looking at the wounds. You're looking about what's left and you're focused on what you don't have. You're focusing on that. 
Through the journey of therapy, you start to focus on that. You start to heal those parts of you so you can look ahead to what's going to happen for you. Instead of saying, you know, I don't have the best relationship with my mom. You say, how can I be a better mom to my kids? How can I look for the sisterhood of people who are actually in my inner circle that can give me that mother's love? It doesn't mean that it's going to cover it to the point where you still won't want to have your mom be what she needs to be in your life. But you start to look at the things that you can heal, the things that you can have while you're healing from what you don't have. You come in the door wounded. I used to leave therapy sessions sometimes so so drained that I, w- I couldn't even cook. I had to go home and go to sleep. I had so many emotions. I have sat in my car for an hour before I even drove off because I was still processing what took place. When I started to see things for what they were, there were certain things in my childhood that I was like, wait, I completely put like a veil over and didn't see it for what it was because I was so hurt or so upset or so mad about whatever the case may be. There were things in my young adulthood, things that I had done, things that I had done, things were done to me that I was like not seeing for the full story. And when you work with the therapist, their job isn't to do the work for you. Their job is to help you to uncover the things that you try to hide so that hopefully when you bring it to the surface, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hurtful, but you do the work to say, okay, Let me figure out what I can learn from this. How can I move past this? I don't want to continue holding on to this. I don't want to hold on to things that happened 20 years ago. Doesn't mean I'm giving a pass to it. Just means I don't want to hold this bag. How can I let this bag go while I heal? Right? How can I set this bag aside? Let me open this bag. Let me start taking these things out instead of acting like they didn't exist. Like I said, just as simple with my parents. Like my parents literally did tell me that. Mostly my dad. Like, oh, you know, we paid for you to go to school. We sent you up there to go to school. Nobody sent me anywhere. They, you know, as a kid, quote unquote, as an 18 year old, they allowed me to go to school. No one sent me anywhere. And I had to get to the point of realizing like my parents did what they needed to do to make sure that I had the things that I had to have. But when it came to once I got on Penn State, that is when my life as an 18 year old, as a young adult was supposed to start. I was supposed to start my life thanking my parents for what they've done and the things that they had contributed to, but then taking that bag and then moving forward. But I was still stuck on trying to continue living in this past and how the two could reconcile. They could not. I had to learn how to be an adult on my own, what that may look like, how to stand on my own, how to take care of myself the right way instead of all the million and one thousand times I took care of myself the wrong way. All the millions of different times that I did all these different things that didn't make sense because I was still on that struggle. If I could go back, I would do the things differently, but I'm glad that they, they happened the way that they did because it was helping me to be the better person that I am now. I know this sounds cliche, but a lot of things that you go through will help you if where you're at, but you can't disregard it. You got to open the bag with somebody who can help you with it in a professional setting sometimes, and you've got to learn how to heal. You got to learn what healing looks like for you because everybody expects for healing to look like where you don't ever talk about it. That's not necessarily the case or healing looks like you just don't acknowledge it. That's not the case. A lot of people who've hurt you, they don't want you to acknowledge it because they haven't gotten to the point where they're willing to accept the fact that they've done the hurt to you. They want to live in this bubble as if nothing happened and you're just simply making these things up. I'm here to tell you nine times out of 10, whether a parent or aunt, a grandparent, a cousin, a friend wants to admit to what has happened, it doesn't change the way you felt about it at the time. You know, people can remember things that happened to them even as back as four or five years old. So when people remember the things that they remember, even if it's against you, you've got to own the fact that you've participated in something that caused somebody else's pain. And I find it that older generations don't ever want to take the responsibility. And think about that. Think about like my parents, 
when our we were growing up, our parents didn't apologize to us. They didn't feel the need to apologize because they beat their hands on their chest and they grown, right? They could do what they want. They were the parent and that's how it was. That was the generation of then. Now our generation is saying, we're not going to just tell our kids that we're grown. We're going to also make sure that we apologize when it's warranted. And we're going to change our behaviors when it comes time. See how the generation changes? I don't know what my kid's generation is going to look like. If we're taking ownership and accountability now, I hope that it hopes for them to have a better generation where they don't have to heal as much. My goal as a parent is that they don't have to heal from my parenting. I'm not saying that I don't do things wrong because I'm this, I'm the first one to be like, I messed up all the time, but I am very conscious of making sure that they're not healing from something that I'm doing. They're not healing from saying, hearing me say something that's so negative that they carry that into their adulthood. I That's my hope as a parent. And maybe you don't want to be a parent. Maybe your goal is to have the people that are in your your inner circle to not be disrupted by your bad attitude because you're dealing with something from your past. That's that's commendable. Keep that. The more that you keep that in the forefront, as much as when I parent, I keep that in my mind when I go to speak to my kids. I keep that in my mind when I go to give them a, a punishment. And not that I ain't giving out punishments, but do they need to be quote unquote beaten? Beaten? Actually beaten? We can debate this all day, and but I'm, I'm that no. Nah. At the end of the day, I hope that you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope that we understand that this whole Cassie thing, whether you think he did it or not, I mean, ain't nobody got that much detail in their 30 page lawsuit. And you know what's interesting? I read the fact that Cassie went to him to try to settle this before they even took this to court, meaning before she even filed, she had a conversation with him, whether it was through him personally or through his attorney to settle this because she, he knew what he had done. And it seems like his narcissist self was like, whatever, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not settling. So he probably determined that he was going to call her bluff. And she said, stand by. And then here we go with this lawsuit. She was asking for 30 million. Honestly, with the things that she did, she had 30 pages for 30 million. She should have gotten more. I hope she did. For the crap he put her through. And yes, oh my gosh, she participated. She was an adult. Yes, she was an adult that was influenced by power and wanting to start her music career. And she made a lot of mistakes and she can own her part of it. That doesn't mean he can't own his at the same time. See, why are y'all not capable of duality? Y'all not capable of duality? Y'all that y'all that messed up in life? You're not capable of duality? You can't see him holding him responsible by also holding her, but also making sure that his part being the fact that he was the person who should have been better at what he was doing to make sure that he made her career a better without her having to give up her body, her mind, and her everything for it. So anybody who's in trying to get into the music career, you better have your anchor right. You better have a right of good, good people in your circle because this industry, the industry is going to come out and suck you dry if you let. So that is our podcast episode. I hope that if nothing else, you took and listened to something about your health, your self-care and your mental health. If you are drowning in your health care, your self-care right now and your mental health is all over the place just from having one dinner with one with a group of people, I promise you it exists. If people are dealing with the aftermath of that. And it's crazy to me that the people who do the most never want to take responsibility for what they've done. Nobody should ever leave your house feeling less. They should leave their house feeling like they were in a battle because you decided to be insensitive and say things that are mean spirited. Like, come on now, serve the chicken, serve the turkey and move on. Whatever happened to just let the folks eat and enjoy, laugh and have a good time. Some of y'all just don't care. Like, oh, Jesus, God bless. So that is the episode. Have a good rest of your weekend. Please find one thing to fill your cup back up, please.
one thing that you can enjoy, that you can enjoy, that you love, that makes you feel happy and whole, find that activity, do that activity and enjoy that activity. Love you lots. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. We will be back next week. We already have a guest lined up. I'm excited. And uh, I hope that you are in good spirits and have the most amazing week. In the show notes, I will have some some Thanksgiving help. Even though Thanksgiving is over, you can still apply it to any holiday, any function that you may be going to. A little bit of a survival kit for when you're in these high tense moments and you're in these high situations, these emotional situations that you feel like you don't know, you don't have control over because I, I promise you, you actually do. Um, they'll be in the show notes. Go ahead and listen to that. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Y'all are killing it in these numbers. Listen, y'all are letting me giving me the fuel that I need to keep on making these podcasts. Cause I'm telling you, I got lots of content. So with all that being said, have a great weekend. We'll be back next Friday. Um, and I'm ready to continue my weekend. I'm going to continue eating, um, drinking that good wine and just having a good time with my family. And I'm going to see a couple of friends and, um, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.